Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. My name is Tim Barton. If you don't know that, um, I'm one of the pastors here at the Vine. And as we come into um, this message this morning, I just, I want to ask you, you know, in this Christmas season, in this Advent season, why did Jesus come? Why did he come? Why do we look now on this side? Why do we look to his coming again? You know, there's the babies, there's the, the baby, there's the angels, there's the shepherds. Last week we saw wise men. Um, what's all that for? Why is this such a cause for celebration? Well, there's several answers we could give there, but, but I think one of the major answers... Um, one of the, the, the major reason is that everyone needs the love of Jesus. Amen. Everyone needs that. Now, when I say the love of Jesus, though, uh, we need to do a little bit of clarifying here. Because when I say the love of Jesus, you know, in, in our culture, in our society, when we talk about the love of Jesus, it kind of goes like this a little bit. Um, it's like, yeah, I, in our society, we talk about love as I need true love. Or I need someone who will love me just the way I am, that won't make me change. Or I need someone who will condone all my actions or affirm who I am, who I see myself to be. And the reality is, is that we as followers of Jesus are more affected by the way our culture thinks about love than we think we are at times. And so we might even begin to, to uh, um, think about Jesus' love in that way. It's that, that idea of, I want to use, um, that. well, actually, you know what, just hold that a minute. Because um, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I want to say. Let's just tell, let me just go ahead and tell you what I think the Bible says the love of Jesus is not. And then I'll tell you very clearly what I think the Bible says the love of Jesus is. Then we'll keep going. Okay? Everybody with me so far? All right, here's what it's not. 1 John chapter 2, of 15 through 17. It says there, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. Now, what he's talking about here is um, in, it, if we're living in unrepentant sin, or living in where it clearly says, the, the, the Bible says this is not good for you and, you, and God is showing that in your life, and you're saying, yep, don't care. Or, that's just who I am. Hadn't you seen my personality profile? It's just how I act. If that's what we're doing, and many other things, then we're kind of saying, because of Jesus' love for me, I can, do, I can decide what's good for me. I can do what I want to do. I can do that irrespective of or completely unconcerned with the message of the Bible. All right, that's not the love of Jesus. Okay, a lot of times that's how we treat that in our culture, in our society. But let me tell you what the love of Jesus is. 1 John chapter 4, um, verses 9 and 10. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation 
for our sins. So the message that we have before us this morning shows us that all mankind has been separated from God. We're going to see that in a minute. We've been separated due to our sin. So everyone needs the love of Jesus. Everyone needed Jesus to come to earth as a baby, to be fully God and fully man, to be Emmanuel, God with us. Everyone, we all need the love of Jesus because Jesus doesn't condone our sin, but he does deal with it through his love. And so as we finish our series this morning, um, the series we've been in is Every Promise Fulfilled. We're going to follow the writer Matthew, and we've been in Matthew chapter 1 and chapter 2, and now we flip over to chapter 3. Now what happens in this flip from chapter 2 to chapter 3, nothing else is said, right? But from chapter 2 to chapter 3, we fast forward 25 years from where we've been at the birth of Jesus, and then two years after that, the wise men. Now we fast forward about roughly 25 years. We've only heard about Jesus one other time in the Gospels um, in that period, and that was when he was around 12 in the temple, um, when he, his family was in the temple. Now we fast forwarded, right? Um, and this is where we pick up. Jesus is around 30 years old. And Matthew picks up in chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 4. And it says, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by, by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Now as we think this morning about the fact that everyone needs the love of Jesus, I want to talk about the messenger, John the Baptist, and then in a few moments we'll also see, look at the things he said. So verse 1, the messenger. Again, it's clear uh, in those days John the Baptist, or some translate that John the Baptizer, came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. We also saw in verse 4 um, that he wore strange clothes, a uh, garment made out of camel's hair, um, and that he had an appetite that I, at least I think is different, right? The, the locust and honey. Uh, I don't think it's, you know, at Christmas time we cover all sorts of things in chocolate. I don't kind of, I still don't think I can do that with a locust, all right? But he's doing all that while he's out in the wilderness preaching. And so that makes him a pretty unique messenger in general. But the writer Matthew makes it really clear that his uniqueness is much greater than that. The messenger we see in verse 3 is spoken of, it says, by the prophet Isaiah. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah. And then later, also in Matthew, Matthew chapter 11, 10, Jesus quotes another prophet. Uh, Malachi, from Malachi 3.1, and he says that John the Baptist was the one who was sent as the prophet to prepare the way for the Messiah. Jesus is saying that of John the Baptist. Then in Matthew chapter 17, um, Jesus also says to the disciples, they're like, but wasn't one like, wasn't one like Elijah supposed to come um, to, to prepare the way? And Jesus goes, oh, he's already come. This is my paraphrase. He's already come. Y'all just missed him. And it says, and they realized in verse 13 that he was talking about John the Baptist. So John, this messenger, was special. He was fulfilling the promises that were made in the Old Testament. 
And he was sent to prepare for the love of Jesus to come. Again, verse 3, second part of it, it says, He came, and this is what he was crying out, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. So John, John had come in his ministry. I think you all know this, but let's just make sure we're on the same page. His ministry was a transition from the Old Testament, um, from, from Isaiah and his prophecies to Malachi, who was the last prophet. It was a transition from, from them, and then there's 400 years of silence, and now we see John the Baptist come forth as the prophet, preparing the way for the Messiah, preparing the way for the love of Jesus. The passage in verse 3 is actually quoted from Isaiah 40, verse 3, and it shows us that job. Prepare the way. To receive the love of Jesus. Make his path straight. Now I use this all often, um, this, this analogy, but when, it, when in the culture of the day, I usually use this because I often somehow end up preaching around this topic around Christmas, and then I'll usually preach on Palm Sunday. Y'all may have noticed that pattern, you may not. Um, and so I get this a lot. But when a king was coming, they would prepare the way for the king. Okay, And so they would, they would um, fill in the holes in the road. They would make sure the people were off the road. They cleaned the road. They cut down the branches so that the, the entourage could come through. When I think about that, like they're getting rid of all the obstacles, right? Preparing that way. When I think about that, you know, I, I've used examples before, like the um, the um, like in football, you're doing a kickoff, and you got the guys that run out ahead to block so that the guy can run the ball back. You know, that's one example that might resonate with some of you. Um, I think of the Princess Bride. Um, when, you know, Andre the Giant's character stands up and goes, everybody move, you know, um, and, they, and they move. Um, or think about Aladdin, um, Prince Ali, you know, um, make way for Prince Ali. So whatever picture helps you there. And the idea here is to make the way smooth, make the way straight, prepare for, um, in this case, the king to come, prepare for Jesus and his love. That's what John the Baptist did. And he's proclaiming the one you're looking for. He's here. He's here. And he's come in love for his people. For us today, Jesus has come. And Jesus is coming again. Are we living like he has come. And are we living like we're looking to him to come again? Are we asking Jesus to rule and reign in every area of our lives? And probably the answer in here is sometimes in some ways for all of us when we really stop and we're true and honest with ourselves. And then the second thing is, are we asking him where he wants us to be part of seeing his rule and reign come on this earth? And we'll talk about what that means more in a minute. Um, some of the ways we know that he's called us to be a part of that, though, is in caring for the widow and orphan. We know he's told us to make Jesus known to our own children and the children of our church. We know he's told us to proclaim him to the world. We know he's told us uh, to be compassionate to others and to put others before ourselves. 
We know he's told us to use our resources to make straight his paths, to see this kingdom of heaven, this spiritual kingdom made known to all people groups. And so if we're committed to be a part of that, then our hearts must be prepared for Jesus who is coming again to fully and finally restore his people, to fully pour out that love and so for that to happen, what, what needs to happen in our hearts? What do we need? This is the message that John shares. We see it in verse 2, and, and I'm going to claim that this is the loving message, though it may not sound that way at first. Because here's what it says. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let's break that down. Repent. What does he mean? Well, it's to turn away from. And it's more than one time. You know, we, we sometimes can get caught up in, well, I repented and I turned to Jesus, so I'm good. And, and yes, you're his. And he says we live lifestyle of repenting. A lifestyle of turning to him. We, we turn from sin... And turn, and it's not just turn from sin and wander aimlessly the other way. We turn from sin and we turn to who? Jesus. We turn from sin. We turn to Jesus. The love of Jesus enables us to do this. And if we've received the love of Jesus, we'll practice repentance. That doesn't mean practice till we get it right. It means keep doing it continually. Repent and turn and ask him to change us. Doing that, doing that helps us learn to deal with our sin instead of making excuses for it. So with that, if you're here this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus, that message, it sounds harsh, because it's repent. But it's the most loving message we can share. Because when we repent and we turn, it's not repent and turn and therefore you don't have the stuff you like anymore. It's repent and turn and Jesus is there. Jesus is there with all of his love and his care for those that turn to him. But apart from turning from sin, you nor I can know the love of Jesus. It's necessary to call sin what it is and turn to him to know love from the very source of love. And then for followers of Jesus, you know, I just want to um, caution us here a little bit. Um, because we sometimes try to take this and then we apply it in our, um, in, to others in our lives, right? Or maybe we feel this way. So maybe you've done this or maybe you've received the things this way. But we kind of, we, we, we tend in the Christian circles to be like, well, if you really love me, you would stop this sin. And that will prove that you love me. Okay? Now, hang with me a minute. Because in some ways, in some ways, uh, you know, that's true. We need to recognize our sin, and we need to continue battling it, right? And we don't give in to it um, in the popular way of saying that's just part of who I am, like I started with today. 
Um, it's not who we are. We are identified with our union with Christ when we are followers of Jesus. We are identified in our union with Christ, and so we're never to identify ourselves with our sin. We're to battle that. And let me also say this, though. If Jesus had said to any of us, if you want my love and forgiveness, you will never commit a sin that you've already repented of again. If that was Jesus' approach, I'm guessing, and it's a pretty educated guess, that if that was Jesus' approach, none of us would know the love of God. But we are to continually ask God to show us our sin, to repent, to turn back, to ask for his strength to walk in the identity and the truth of who we are in Jesus. Commenting on this, um, Tim Keller says this, in the gospel, the purpose of repentance is to repeatedly tap into the joy of our union with Christ in order to weaken our need to do anything contrary to God's heart. Amen. When we turn and we go to Jesus, that's the strength to continue battling. That's the strength to obey. That's the strength to follow. Man, it's so easy to get caught up in, I got to obey and follow so that he will love me. And we get caught up in this cycle of, I got to do everything right to earn everyone else's love, so I must have to do that to earn God's love. It's a burden to place to be. Instead, it's no turn to Jesus, and he's going to help you and strengthen you to walk in these things. But y'all, I don't know about you. I talk to people every day, and I pray to God every day. <laughs> myself, that I need this over and over and over again in my life. And I know you do too. But Jesus never tires of those who are in union with him turning back to him. Repenting and turning. Second part of the message says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The phrase uh, kingdom of heaven appears 32 times in the gospel of Matthew. Um, I just tell you this without going into a ton of detail. It has the same meaning as the kingdom of God um, that you see in Luke. Um, and so when we talk about it, though, when we talk about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, it's a pretty big concept. And we definitely can't unpack the whole thing today. But briefly, there's the aspect that everything belongs to God. And that God is sovereign over all things. And so in that sense, um, that, that's all God's kingdom. But, but now, so that's here. Now let's, let's talk about this part more specifically. Um, the, key, the word kingdom, basileia, means God's rule and God's reign. So the kingdom means God's rule and God's reign. When did God's rule and God's reign start? In this sense that we're talking about here. It started with Jesus coming, right? This baby. Yes, God has been sovereign. That's, that's why I made that first point. But God's, in this sense, God's rule in his reign, this kingdom of heaven, when Jesus came, lived the perfect life, died the death on the cross, and rose from the dead. So at his resurrection and his ascension, this began. By the way, that's why we celebrate Christmas. That's his kingdom. And it, and it grows as God's rule and his reign grows in the hearts of his people. 
And so God's kingdom on earth is not, it's not a geographical place on earth when we talk about the kingdom of heaven. It's Jesus being known in the hearts and lives of his people. It's God's, we see in that, we see God's rule and his reign grow. His kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, grow. And so there's the reality then, if that's true, that his kingdom is coming, his kingdom is growing, while we also can speak of it as being here now, because it's through the, the hearts and lives of his people. And it will be fully realized when? When Jesus returns to judge the world and to, return, to take his people to himself. It's when it's fully realized. And so all that's because sin entered the world. And our relationship with God was broken. And so now humans, men and women, boys and girls, a lot of times we struggle and don't, don't recognize or acknowledge his rule and reign. And our need for that in our lives every day. What do we do instead? We say it all the time around here. We try to be God over our own lives. We try to maintain control. We want to make our own decisions. We want to, we, we, we want to live like the world lives as, as if we don't need him and we don't need his love. But the reality is we do. Because the kingdom of heaven is seen Everywhere that God rules and reigns in the hearts of his people, his love is seen, and that's contagious, and that spreads. And so we demonstrate his rule by declaring his work, his restoration, his love to other people, to one another. Please declare it to me. I need it. I need help remembering that every day. Pastor John needs it. Pastor Mark needs it. Our elders need it. You get the point. We all need it. Amen. Every day. And so John, the Baptist message to the people says, this kingdom, this restoration, this love of God is at hand. Do you see the love of Jesus in this? Do you see why this message is loving? You see, if you're a follower of Jesus, the news in this passage is great. It should be hopeful. It should be encouraging. It should be joyous news because it demonstrates God's love. And that he's done what is necessary through Jesus, this little baby. He's done what's necessary. That we might be called his sons and his daughters. So we don't have to fear. You remember what John, or what um, we're told in Luke, what the angel said to the shepherds? Just to back that up a little bit. Fear not. 
For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. When you look at this baby this Christmas, do you see the Jesus who out of his love for his people laid down his life who out of love for his people said when you repent and you turn I'm holding you I'm caring for you I'm not leaving you nor forsaking you no matter what your feelings are right now I've got you I know there are people in here right now where on one hand we talk about the love of Jesus and the love of, you don't see the love of Jesus without sin, without seeing our sin. And, and we, some of us need to hear that because we don't understand how capable of sin we are. We don't understand that apart from God's restraining hand, how sinful we really could be. And so we need to hear this morning, yeah, we want to celebrate the love of Jesus and, and keep asking him to show us those things. Because it increases our understanding of his love and it increases um, our, our submitting to him. But there are also people in here today who understanding your sins not really the issue. You feel beat up by it. You're like, Tim, I can tell you about my sin. I can tell you some stories. I know what I'm capable of, or at least I think I do. And so I want to say to you today, Yes, the love of Jesus is enough. Amen. What he has done is enough. And it's the only thing that's enough. So run back to him this morning. And then I'll close with this. As we think about the love of Jesus, as we think about this little baby, and we walk through this life, Everyone in here is going to face hard things. Everyone in here may right now be facing different things in your life. But this same little baby, this little Jesus, is the one that, I was just reading this week in Acts chapter 7, it's the one that Stephen, you remember him? You remember what he did? Stephen told people who were very hostile to this message of this baby Jesus, grown up to be the Savior. He told them that that's indeed who Jesus was. And that didn't make them real happy, did it? But they drug him out with the intention they were getting ready to stone him. And do you remember what he did at that moment? It says, full of the Holy Spirit... He gazed into heaven and he saw the Lord Jesus, this one who humbled himself as a baby. He saw the Lord Jesus seated at the right hand of God the Father. And then he succumbed to what was coming to him. 
but he stood and he faced it. And he was able to face what was going on because Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, is also the one who is seated victorious at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Amen. This Christmas, look to him. What I want to give you an opportunity to do, remember that everyone needs the love of Jesus. Everyone in this room. So maybe for the first time, maybe for the thousandth time, etc., I want to give you an opportunity to say, Lord, show me. Psalm say any grievous way within me. Show me the sin that I need to see this morning. And I'm going to give you a couple minutes to do that. If you don't have anything, just sit quietly, please. But when you do that, ask him that. He shows it to you. Repent of that. And then turn to Jesus. And, we, and the beautiful thing is we have the Lord's Supper. Guess what that does for us? It turns us to Jesus. It reminds us of our union with him. It strengthens us in our faith. And so we'll do that in a moment after we take this time of repentance um, individually. Let's pray. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at The Vine CC. Have a great week.